We'll read again some of what you heard in the scripture reading, John chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. We're thankful to be able to celebrate Christmas. A lot of the celebration includes Christmas lights. And we uh, are so happy that nearly 8,500 people, some repeated uh, visitors, I'm sure, but to came to see the lights at Christmas. But those lights, like John the Baptist, are not that light. They are intended to point to that light. And if there's any doubt as to who St. John is speaking of, we, we see it in this first chapter of St. John. Those first two verses establish the pre-existence of Jesus. When he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. And verse 14, if there be any doubt, declares who that Word is. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. Christmas is certainly about His infancy, but more than about His infancy, it's about His deity. He took on the human form, was made in the likeness of man. He was conceived of God, but born of a woman. He was that promised seed who would, the promised seed of a woman, who would bruise the serpent's head and provide the opportunity for us to have eternal life. That's Jesus. Jesus at one point said, Before Abraham was, I am. He is the I am. He has always been. He existed before creation. He's part of the Holy Trinity, who declared, Let us make man in our image. So before time existed or began, well, he created time in the beginning was the word. He preceded time. He created time. And creation is attributed to Jesus throughout the Bible, the second person of the Trinity. When he says in the beginning was the word, we think of how we communicate. We communicate by using words most of the time. Certainly body and language speaks too, but... Uh, the Word is the means by which God expresses Himself to the human race. Jesus. If we have seen Jesus or experienced Him, we have seen God and experienced God. No man has seen God at any time, but Jesus 
said, if we have seen him, we have seen God. So Jesus is the expression of, of God. When we've experienced him, we have experienced the Lord in his fullness. The third verse of St. John establishes, again, the creative power of Jesus. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1.16 says, In part, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You know, Christmas is an opportunity for souls to be enlightened. In my family, we grew up, and we had, we had blessed Christmases. But they lacked Jesus. And yet the Lord, He, he sends the light. He enlightens along the way. First verse says, In Him is, was life. If you want to, to know the origin of life, read the first half of John 1.4. In Him, in Jesus, was life. Life did not spring from some random molecule or two colliding somewhere out there in outer space. In, in Jesus is life. He gave life to the plants and to the animals. But to the human race, he gave the capacity for eternal life. We were, we were told lately to respect the animals because they are individuals too. No, they're animals. We should take good care of them. But there's a distinction between the animals and human beings. And that distinction began in the beginning when God breathed into the nostrils of Adam the breath of life and he became a living soul. So that's the capacity for eternal life. In him is life. Adam called his wife's name Eve which means life-giver, because she was, it continues, the mother of all living. And she, through, through her, rather, the Savior of the world was born, conceived of the Holy Ghost in a virgin named Mary, and through that seed we have life. That's through Jesus. The verse, uh, verse 4 continues, and that life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So as far as the human race goes, first life, and then light. First uh, existence, and then moral awareness. We, we hope and pray that those who see the lights of Christmas on the campground are enlightened and become acutely aware of their mortality, of their 
accountability to God. He's faithful. Galatians 4 4 says in part, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. When the fullness of time was come, at the appropriate time, Jesus was born. Isaiah prophesied of those who sat in darkness and would see a great light. And Jesus cited that in Matthew 4.16. To them which sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. In the northwest region of what we know as Israel, the it became Capernaum became the home of Jesus. And that is where he enlightened the fishermen. We, in the darkness of sin, were enlightened. I look back at a variety of times. I spoke of the Christmases. But I'm thinking of, I mentioned uh, that I attended vacation Bible school when I was perhaps eight or nine years old against my will. And I didn't care for it because I was the only kid in class who could not memorize the memory verse. But uh, my teacher, Alice Cruz, who was a, seemed like an ancient lady back then, but was probably 10 years younger than I am now. But I sat in her class and I tried with all my might and couldn't to succeed. So she had me come to her house after VBS and I tried again and somehow, some way I got that pencil or something that they, they gave out that last night. But through that two-week period, as I recall, uh, beyond the, the torture, I remember the, the last uh, program at the end and, and uh, singing uh, the songs. And I can't even tell you what the songs were, but there was, there was something in hindsight that I looked back on. Well, that was light. The light shines in darkness. Darkness cannot prevent light, cannot hinder the light from shining. And yet, light can prevent darkness. But at the proper time, in due time, at God's choosing, He, he enlightens. Then there was later when... My sister came home from youth camp and told me, by now I was 15 years old, that I needed to have Jesus come into my heart. Well, that was foreign to me, and I, and I laughed at her and dismissed her, but that was light. So those who, who grow up in the church and sit uh, through these services and uh, somewhat, perhaps at times, ambivalent to what is going on, and yet that is light. I worked in a mill for a year in Roseburg uh, between years of, of college. And there was a man in that mill, a very quiet man. He just did his work. But showing up at the, in the lunchroom on the, on the table 
or, or uh, was gospel literature. I didn't know it was gospel literature, but you're sitting there eating lunch, and I thumbed through it, and I recall reading it somewhat. I don't recall what it said. I was pretty dull of heart, honestly, and was not um, just wasn't tuned in to spiritual things at all. But afterward, the man came to me and he asked me, uh, did I uh, like what I read? Well, I, I remember that. Why would I remember that now? I do remember it because I, I know that that was light. It didn't respond. It didn't seem to register. But any individual can look back over their lives and, and trace at different times where light shone. When I, when I was about 20, I suppose, maybe six months before I, I got saved, a friend and I drove up from Corvallis to Portland on a Friday or a Saturday night to, looking for mischief. And thankfully we didn't find it. I'm not sure what kind of mischief we were looking for, but uh, we drove across, back and forth across uh, the lower part of Portland not knowing Portland and uncertain of where we were, but as we drove, I was a passenger. I can look down, uh, I guess, um, I'm trying to think of which way the streets go down there. I hardly go downtown. Um, nothing against downtown except something against downtown. But anyway, uh, I would look down Broadway perhaps. And there was that Jesus sign. And I remember telling the driver, there's that Jesus sign. So now we, we kind of knew where we were. Well, I had no knowledge of, of that, but that was light. But there's a difference between light. John the Baptist was light. But he, he said, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm light. But he knew that he was not that light. Which light? The true light. The light of every man that cometh into the world. It's one thing to be uh, for the light to come, but it's quite another to be enlightened by the Savior of your soul. He says he's the true light that lighteth every man or enlighteneth every man that cometh into the world. So there's more than, than light. We grasp that, I think. But that's that enlightenment. That's That's what I feared when I sat in that uh, religion class at Oregon State about uh, ten ways of, of being religious. By now, that light had had some impact. Why else would I uh, take that elective course? <clears throat> well, I know why I signed up for it. I wanted to know about Christianity. And wouldn't you know it, we covered nine religions before we got to the one I was curious about. But even that was light. But in that class, that's where they, the professor and the young lady had a dialogue where he, he insisted that it took God to initiate an encounter with one, and she insisted that she could initiate an encounter with, with God. And I am sitting there worried, thinking, what are they talking about? I did not even know such an encounter could occur. What if it happens to me? That was light. And a few months later, I was uh, invited to an apostolic faith service in Roseburg, Oregon. I sat through that service. 
and was amazed. I had never seen anything like it or heard anything like it. When they stood up the three different testimonies that morning, I can still recall them declaring that they had prayed and God had answered their prayer. It just it seemed so common sense. But I didn't I didn't know God, I didn't know, but I was worried. What if what if what if that experience comes my way? What would I do? And sure enough that very night it happened. It was the Lord. It was more than light, it was the light. That lighteth every man that cometh into the world. In the process of time, a, a time of God's choosing, whether it be a youngster who sits through a Sunday school class and the Spirit of God somehow registers to them and they realize that that's the Lord. Or whether, in my case, at age 21, it happens. Or like my dad's case, 48, my mother, 46. That's highly unusual, by the way. For the most part, those who who don't get saved, uh, by the time they leave their teenage years, they don't get saved. But God is faithful. You youngsters, you young people... Anyone who sits in these services, you can look back. Yes, you can. You can look back, even if you're young, when you were kneeling with your parents or in a class or in a certain service. And it was more than light. It was the light. It was the Lord saying, Give me your heart. Invite me to come into your heart. Why, what a Christmas this will be if you experience the light that enlightens every man that comes into the world. If it hasn't happened yet, you better be nervous. But why be nervous? Why not just be glad and say, Lord, I I want to invite you into my heart. I want this Christmas uh, season to be the one where I go through it saved and understanding the meaning uh, not only of that uh, babe in the manger taking on human form but on the deity on the fact that uh, God uh, stepped down from glory and took on that form to be the savior of the world I'm told the invitation song will be number 62 and the chorus is a chorus that you can sing inviting the Lord to come into your heart this morning